today's young people are over-entertained and under-challenged, and that's why they're spiritually bored. We've forgotten the importance of this battle and have become so comfortable, so complacent, and not realize that, hey, there's a battle raging on. This is not a time for a picnic. But so many of us seem to be having a picnic right now. We're gonna fight for what's right and fight for, for the hope that only comes through Jesus. We are all yeah. created with a mission and purpose to to be bold, to share Jesus with our communities, with where He's, where God has put us, and and we have to uh, steward that well. Moms can reach moms, business people can reach business people, teachers can reach teachers. Uh, we're all positioned in a unique yeah. zone yeah. where we can where we can carry out the Great Commission in our life. And this is every believer's job. This isn't just the job for uh, the professional evangelist to come in and reach people. Hey friends, welcome back to Dangerously Normal. My name is Dave Meikle. Uh, the idea behind Dangerously Normal is we want to inspire and encourage and equip you to be the hands and feet of Christ, to step into the unique calling that God has placed on your life to go out into your world. Now recently I was down in Canberra uh, at a conference with Youth for Christ and I met a young man named Jordan Whitmer and he has an incredible story of how God's used him where at the age of 16 he started a movement called How to Life Movement which is now spread across the United States of America and even across the world. So I hope you'll be inspired by this conversation today. We'll get straight into it right now. Hey guys, welcome back to Dangerously Normal. I've got today with me uh, a special guest, Jordan Whitmer from the United States. Now Jordan, you run um, an amazing ministry called um, How to Life Movement. And mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about today uh, about what it is that you're doing and hopefully encourage our listeners to, to get outside the church and mm. to, 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 to put into action the, um, the things that God's placed on their heart as well. Mm. So I thought maybe you could sort of start off by introducing yourself sure. and telling us a little bit about our How to Life movement. Well, thank you for having me on here today, Dave. Excited to, to share some, uh, but yeah, my, my name is Jordan Whitmer. I am uh, 21 years old. I'm from the United States. I uh, am a passionate uh, member of Generation Z uh, or Z, uh, to, uh, passionate about reaching uh, my generation for Christ. There's so many uh, teenagers around the world today that are uh, desperately, need, desperately in need of hope. And as we know, uh, the only true hope comes through Jesus Christ. And that is a, uh, the message of the gospel is needed amongst teens. And uh, uh, my passion is to help spread that message. And uh, five years ago started uh, the How to Life movement, a movement of teenagers reaching teenagers for Jesus uh, through student-led outreach events. And uh, uh, it's been uh, taken off after starting uh, with just a bunch of high school students around my dining room table in the state of Arkansas in the US where I'm from. I and some of my friends were praying, what could we do to reach our friends for Christ? And we said, hey, let's plan a student-led event, given how much teens listen to other teens more than pretty much any other voice in their life. 
Normally that's a really bad thing. In this case, we thought that would be a good thing to have teens sharing the gospel with their friends. And uh, slowly but surely, we planned an event and had over 750 people that wow. attended a youth outreach event led by teens to reach teens. And in this event made a huge impact. And uh, that night, teens led worship. Teens shared their stories about mm. the difference that Christ has made in their life. And, and we finished that event with a clear presentation of the gospel and had about 75 young people that responded saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus or I want to rededicate my life to Jesus uh, and just kind of renew my walk with him. And because uh, there's uh, the, the hopelessness and the brokenness in Gen Z often makes Gen Z so ready for Jesus. And it, uh, when they hear the gospel, clearly, it's so powerful. Uh, in just five years, How to Life as a movement is spread now to uh, five countries around the world, 75 events as of right now in 19 U.S. states in five countries around the world, including uh, around Europe and North America and the U.K., Germany, France, and Mexico. Mm. And uh, in each of these places, there's local teens that are rising up. It's not me coming to town and doing an evangelism crusade. It's young people planning an event to reach their friends for Christ, their people that they go to school with, and bringing the hope of the gospel to them. Mm. So how old were you when you started this? I was 16 years old when, 16. when How to Life started in, uh, in my hometown in Arkansas in the U.S. And, uh, and yeah, five years ago, uh, I was just 16. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, you've been speaking to me about uh, Gen Z and some of the stats that Gen Z are facing and, mm-hmm. uh, and even just some of the stats around Gen Z and uh, even their biblical understanding and, and can you share some of the stats with us uh, I know it's American stats but sure, it's, yeah. it's pretty much across there, the world I think like it applies much, across the world yeah. a lot more than we would think and especially amongst our western countries yeah. especially amongst the UK US and Australia there's a lot in common in, in Europe um, but uh, the, the statistics in the US from the survey group called Barna um, kind of the chief survey group in the US mm-hmm. they came out with the results that only 4% of teens in the US today know uh, and have a biblical worldview meaning they know just the core tenets of what it means to follow Christ and they believe that and uh, 4% 4% that's less than one in every 20 teens that you meet on the street four out of every 100 teens that you meet in the US in this supposedly really Christian country yeah it's not actually that Christian these days, especially amongst the next generation, mm-hmm. uh, when it really comes down to the nitty gritty of what does Gen Z believe. And the reality is that they, uh, the, uh, I believe it's 35% of teens in the US are openly atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. And that's a 5% increase from the uh, millennial generation uh, on that side of the spectrum. And uh, there's, a, there's the, the majority of teens truly don't know what it means to follow Christ and to have that relationship. And, and that's very concerning. Um, and uh, another statistic is that, uh, and this, this, this statistic's been constant for the last uh, good little while, it's that of anyone that comes to know Christ in their life, about 75% of people who come to know Jesus do so before the age of 18, right. which means there's a, uh, an important uh, urgency to target reaching young people because that is when, statistically speaking, they will find Christ. Uh, the majority of us believers 
find Jesus at a young age, and and then and that's how we spend that lifetime with Him. Whereas, uh, if someone graduates high school at age eighteen and they don't know Christ, statistically speaking, they're going to spend the rest of their life in eternity without mm. Jesus. Yeah. And since teens listen to teens more than pretty much any other voice in their life, we believe that teens sharing the gospel with their friends through student-led outreach initiatives and events uh, like How to Life and uh, rising up and doing something uh, is very important and urgent, maybe more now than ever before, as we look to, as we've shared, win the battle for Generation Z. Yeah, yeah, and we really see this generation as well. Um, they really are a YouTube generation. They're, they're getting all of their education from Hollywood, they're getting it from YouTube. And yeah. and even like, as you say, like teens listening to teens, like the YouTubers out there who have built platforms of influence yeah. through uh, through influencing their own peers. <clears throat> and so you've got this generation now of young people who are growing up idolizing these YouTube stars. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and being influenced that way. And uh, it really is like it's demonstrated from um, from that perspective of how in influence is coming from their own generation, and so yeah. the church really needs to take hold of uh, the, that idea of of empowering our young people to mm. you know to not have to leave it to the person who's on a, on a stage, but to their peers. Hmm. No, there's a that premise of knowing that peers do listen to peers across. And this applies to every generation. This is not just a teen thing. Uh, 20-somethings will listen to 20-somethings. Uh, baby boomers will listen to baby boomers. Yeah. Uh, Gen X to Gen X, millennials to millennials. Uh, people that have a similar uh, uh, tribe, as we'll often mm. say, that they run with in life. Uh, people, believers that are in a certain situation are divinely positioned in many cases mm. to reach those around them for Christ. Mm. And uh, and that's what we've seen. And, and, and unfortunately, their uh, peer pressure, as I already shared, is normally a really bad thing. That leads to all sorts of negative uh, spiraling effects. Um, in the in this YouTube generation, there are there is this uh, prevalence of of social media and influence and people gaining a platform and wanting to uh, to to use their platform to influence and uh, and and a lot of and the majority of influencers are not usually the the best of influences yeah. and and that's what's so also very just negative the reality of how social media is really not good for many people uh, when it comes to their emotional well-being and and that plays into the whole uh how gen z is more emotionally broken probably than most previous generations because of living in this toxic environment of of social media and the negatives we've seen social media be a, a good thing for us in some cases though and or in a lot of cases because of how that's how we've met teens around the world. Social mm. media actually has been, though, the, the way that this movement has spread. Teens hearing about this movement in, in the UK, for example, teens from the UK heard about How to Life through social media and said, hey, could we do events here in England mm. and in Germany? Hey, heard about you on YouTube, found you here on Instagram. Could we do an event in Germany? And, and all across the United States and different places, social media is a tool by which we're meeting new people mm. and uh, and that's some really cool stuff what's that's happening and so it's a very unique world that we live in but it's very important for us yeah. to be strategic and to come together yeah. and to prayerfully figure out how do we navigate this world that we're in how do we 
make our use our platforms to reach others for Christ, mm -hmm. regardless of what age we are? How do we use the tools of the time, like social media, to uh, for 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 what's good rather than what's tearing people down? Yeah. And those are some of the sorts of questions we're having to wrestle with these days. Yeah, uh, you, you share with me um, your grandfather's quote. Um, can yeah. you like unpack that a little bit and, and the, obviously share the quote? But. Yeah, the, the the quote that we're mentioning here. Uh, my grandfather Ron Hutchcraft. Uh, uh, lifelong with Youth for Christ and different ministries around the world, uh, he uh, he has said before that today's young people are over-entertained and under-challenged, and that's why they're spiritually bored. Wow. And uh, and that's a very powerful statement. Realizing that, and and how does this apply to today? I I went to a public high school in the United States not long ago. There are so many clubs, so many things, people that are finding ways to apply themselves and to, to make a difference and do things. And uh, today, there's so many young people rising up around the world for many causes, whether it's uh, political activism yeah. causes or climate change or different things. Yeah. Um, young people want to rise up, but how often does the church really challenge its young people to rise up and to lead boldly and to make a difference? That just doesn't usually tend to be the yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah, talking about just the, uh, the, the way that people, that, that young people are getting so involved with political and climate change, you've got, it's a perfect example, you've got Greta Thunberg. Yeah. You know, a young person who is um, mobilising a movement of young people behind a cause and yeah. they're so passionate about it. Yeah. And they, it's just the perfect picture of a Gen Z. They, they distrust the older generations. Yeah. And yet they, they want to make a change. They want to be, um, they want to take a, a they want to get behind a cause. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we want to be able to empower our young people to, to make a, a difference for, uh, for, for, for God's kingdom yeah, yeah. and for good and for making the world a better place. Young people today want a mission. They want a cause. They want something to be behind. Mm. Gen Z is very much cause-driven, maybe more than a lot of other previous generations. And because uh, people, young people in the world, they feel the weight of the world. They feel the, the issues and the, the anxiety, the suicide rates increasing, the depression, the, all of these negative aspects of what it means uh, to be a teenager in the world today. Mm -hmm. They feel that negativity. They, they see the stuff, whether it's uh, climate change needs or... Uh, or um, uh, the political polarization in the world. There's uh, people are like, what? Where is this future going? Where? What is? What is the? Uh, what? Is, what does the future hold? And uh, therefore, they're they're rallying behind anything. And um, but that four percent of teens that do know Jesus in the U.S. and want to make a difference, uh, uh, my challenge to them and to any Christian teen around the world is that we as Generation Z are, div are divinely positioned yeah. to make a difference for the greatest cause on yeah. planet Earth, and that is that yeah. Jesus Christ died for us so that we can have eternal life with Jesus when he conquered death. He conquered all of these issues that we deal with today. He made it possible to where we can have life, we can have hope. We can. Mm. That's what the gospel is all about, is 
finding that hope that comes through Christ, the life that comes only through Jesus and through no other cause. We, we're not going to find fulfillment in the, in the causes of this world, but we will mm-hmm. find fulfillment in, in Jesus. And, and, and that's my heartbeat is that a young generation, a global generation of teens would rise up to reach the planet for Christ and how powerful and amazing that could be. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Walk us through briefly what it, what it is to put on a how to life event. Yeah. Like, so, so say there's somebody out there, uh, you know, wherever they are in the world, in Australia or um, somewhere else. And they're like, Oh man, I want to do this. Like Mm -hmm. how would somebody put on, an event or build a team? Like what, yeah. what's it look like to actually, um, you know, for, for a young person sure. to, to go, I want to get involved, what do I do sure. next? To, to get involved in the in the How to Life movement globally in, in any country, in any place, um, where uh, we've been slowly but surely, and in fact, very quickly in the last uh, little bit of time, uh, been, been having quite a bit of international expansion with mm-hmm. new groups emerging around the world. Um, uh, if someone out there is a teenager or they know a Christian teenager who's like, hey, I want to be a part of reaching the those of my generation mm-hmm. that don't know Jesus, they can get involved with How to Life by helping uh, by helping plan an event. Uh, reaching out to How to Life on Instagram is the best way to get started because we yeah. uh, we don't let just anyone plan an event. But yeah. if someone's qualified, which a, a lot of young people are actually, then then yeah, we'll we will work with a with a Christian teen to help mobilize something in their in their country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't had any events here in Australia yet, but we very much hope to and uh, are uh, and have had people from Australia reach out uh, several in fact and uh, inevitably I think we we are on the brink of having events here mm-hmm. very probably yeah. within the next year or two even yeah. um, once uh, once the people emerge uh, that process moves quickly. If someone wants to help start that process, they can reach out on Instagram to at how to life movement uh that's uh, where the majority of teens today have instagram yep. so they know how to find that and and that goes for anyone anyone can follow how to life movement on instagram there's also a facebook page and a few things as mm-hmm. well there's a website how to life movement.com someone can email us on there and start the conversation mm-hmm. and uh, and once we start that conversation we can we can pray about hey what could this look like in in this area, and mm-hmm. and then it, it 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 comes about by mobilizing other Christian young people. Uh, it start, usually starts with one, but then that one pulls together a group of people to say, "Hey, we're going to work together to reach our community." And yeah. a team of one often becomes a team of five, which becomes a team of twenty, which becomes a team of sometimes thirty to forty, fifty people that are Christian teens in an area mm-hmm. saying, "Let's come together. Let's win this battle for our generation locally and uh, wherever that is." Yeah. And uh, uh, we work to help put a date on the calendar, a date, time, location, venue, place, things. And, and through this process, teens are leading. They're learning to pray more. They're learning mm-hmm. to get in God's word more, to, to rely on him. And, uh, and then, yeah, the event itself is actually an evangelistic event, sharing the gospel with their friends who might not ever step foot in a church or yeah. a religious event, but they would when it's done by their friends. When does that ever happen? <laughs> Getting yeah. to hear from a student-led event that's all Generation Z teens planning an event to reach other Generation Z teens, that is very, very unique and powerful. And and that's that's often the draw for a How to Life event, hearing from their friends. And and people are are very excited to come to something like this. Yeah, yeah. And you find that, um, like, do you find that people that come to the events then are more likely to to listen as well? Like, 
Um, yeah. I, I know like you can sometimes look around a church and you know everyone's on their phones, you know, they're, they're disconnected. Uh, like what's your experience from, from your events? How to life events, uh, kids are rarely on their phones. They are clued in listening to their friends because they are, this is real talk, real talk about life and Gen Z wants authenticity, yeah. wants what's genuine, wants uh, we don't need anything that is dancing around the truth, dancing around the stuff, because kids are like, look, we live in a very life or death generation right now, yeah. and uh, and a lot of kids are uh, are walking in, in in a very, just a deadness, it seems, and uh, they they want that hope, and they, uh, and and uh, one of our recent events had a theme the gospel changes mm. everything they just put it right out there mm. people knew this was a religious event but yeah. kids are like you know i want to i do want to give that a shot i want to give the gospel a shot i want to give jesus a shot or at least hear a little what do these guys have to say yeah. let's at least hear what yeah. they have to say and yeah it's kind of like the option generation it's like we've got so many options before us yeah uh and so the, yeah these these young people's uh they're used to having options and they don't want to miss out on the best option. It's that exactly, the whole FOMO exactly. thing, you know, it's like, I want to make sure I'm getting the best option. And so that they're willing to actually try. Yeah. Um, that, well, they're, they're trying the, the bad stuff. So they're obviously going to be willing to try the good stuff as well. Absolutely. Gen Z is often willing to, to listen to their friends. And, uh, and that's what's so remarkable about mm. this, this sort of premise of mm. teens rising up to reach their friends yeah. and... Uh, it truly is so powerful and amazing what can happen. Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe that the church is really facing a battle. Yeah. Um, and um, but sometimes, like, and and the the reason for this podcast is to encourage and inspire mm -hmm. the church mm -hmm. to to get outside of the building and and, and get in the battle. You know, yeah. To 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 go all in uh, because um, there, there's this there's this really targeted attack against not just you know young people but all people like it's, yeah. it's not it's not isolated to just the young people but obviously your ministry is really uh targeting gen z uh but what would you say uh to the the wider church to encourage them to get yeah uh, to get you know to get involved in building something that they've been called into sure each and every one of us as followers of Jesus are called to uh, a higher standard and a called to to share the gospel and to do something to, to make a difference. Um, a lot of people make the the great commission, the great omission. And it's like, you know, we've we've kind of forgotten about that we're supposed to go and make disciples. Mm. But um, but that's uh, that's not an option. We need to in obedience to Christ. Uh, fulfilled the Great Commission. A lot of people are like, oh, Jordan, that's just amazing what you're doing with How to Life. It's like, well, we're just trying to be obedient here and like mm -hmm. all of us need to be doing this sort of thing. This isn't just, oh, wow, you must be so excited and people must be so proud of you. And it's like, I mean, yes, but this is this is way bigger than uh, than just doing good stuff. This is about being obedient to what God has put us here on earth to do. And uh, and each and every one of us need to find a way to rise up and to share about this hope and, and not just be like, oh, I know Jesus, I'm good, peace out, I'm going to take a break and, uh, and just kind of coast the rest of life. No, we uh, in the United States, we have a term called the American dream. 
and uh, and Australia would be very similar. Europe is, be very similar. Yeah, having very a similar. Uh, very uncannily similar. The like, I want my good life. I want to live my live my life my way. Make a lot of money. In the U.S., people want their white picket fences the, uh, around their little property and their nice, cozy, comfortable lifestyle. Make money, raise kids, have a good life, retire young, play golf the rest of your life until you get old, and then and then you die. And that's that's what people live for, and that's a quite depressing reality because first off, most people can't even achieve that. It's elusive more now than ever before, and and then for people that do achieve it, they even say. Guys, it's a trap. It's empty. I feel so empty. Yeah. They accomplished the whole world. Tom Brady, one of the uh, NFL uh, quarterbacks in the U.S., uh, has won the Super Bowl like five times. And he's even said, guys, there's some quote, I forgot what it is, but like, guys, I've made it to the top, and why do I still feel so empty? Uh, something to that extent. Mm. And uh, uh, I think actor Jim Carrey even said, I wish that everyone could become rich and famous and powerful and get all this influence so they can know that it's not actually worth it. And it's like, really? That's what people say? Mm -hmm. And uh, um, modern day King Solomons that uh, acquire all this influence and wealth are like, why do I feel so empty? We are all yeah, created wow. with a mission and purpose to, to be bold, to share Jesus with our communities, with where, he's, where God has put us. And, and we have to uh, steward that well and, uh, and to have a mission, and whatever that might be, it might be uh, we uh, we often say, reach your tribe, reach the people who are like you, and because uh, who's going to listen to uh, if, if there's a, a mother who doesn't know Jesus, uh, they might listen to another mother who who does know Jesus, and uh, moms can reach moms, business people can reach business people, teachers can reach teachers. Uh, we're all positioned in a unique yeah. zone yeah. where we can where we can carry out the Great Commission in our life. And this is every believer's job. This isn't just the job for uh, the professional evangelist to come in and reach people. Now, more now than ever, we as just the everyday believers need to rise up and make a difference. This isn't yeah. something that we leave to the, uh, to the, to the Instagram pastors yeah. to solve yeah. all this. This is something that we need to take up this battle, take up yeah. this fight, each and every one of us. I think it's really time for the Christian celebrity, um, yeah, just this whole, we, we've got this obsession with Christian celebrities. Yeah. I think it's time for this season of Christian celebrity to end yeah. and for the season of the, um, of the body yeah. to go, you know, to go out and, and to get, get on the battlefield, you know. Um, we and, don't need any more Christian celebrities. There's a ton of them. Most of them are American. and. Uh, yeah. And we just idolize these people yeah. and put and, them on a pedestal. Know, I love what they're doing. I yeah. love the platform that they've set for us and the teaching. It's amazing uh, stuff. But, but when it goes, gets to a point of idolization mm -hmm. and it's taking the place of you being on the battlefield, yeah. like it's time for us to, to take the mantle that, uh, that the, those who have gone before us have mm -hmm. um, created this, you know, um, so, there's so much amazing teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, but the time of... Of, of teaching is it's it's now we've we've got to take some of that we've got to take it and actually put it into action. I think uh, we we were out um, just just yesterday um, and we we came across a, a homeless girl and um, it just struck me you know it's time like theology has its place but the moment that theology takes over love yeah you know, like love has to look like something 
you know, like you actually have to go, am I willing to buy this person a meal or, or help them? Or, you know, so in, in this case, uh, we were able to, um, to, get, to, to buy a milkshake and some food and also give us some money to, to get some safe uh, accommodation for a couple of nights, mm. you know, and, and, and share the gospel and share that there's hope and, and unpack some of the lies that she had believed about herself. And mm. uh, it, it's that um, taking, the, uh, taking the theology that we've learnt, but um, never letting that overtake the love for the, the person, mm. you know, that we walk past on the way to the coffee shop. You shared with me, um, or you shared with us the other night uh, at, at the, the conference we're at, uh, about um, this picture of a battlefield. Yes. I yeah. really want you to share that again sure. for us, because uh, I think that's a great way that we can um, bring this conversation to a close. Sure, sure. So uh, in American history, uh, in the 1860s, uh, the United States had a, had a civil war where the, the northern states who were free states, anti-slavery, fought against the southern United States, which was uh, entrenched in slavery, and slavery was a way of life. And uh, it eventually, this uh, the U.S. tried to go on for years and years, having tolerating free and slave states, we can make it work. And she's like, all right, can't do this anymore. There's going to be war. Uh, the war can, comes to uh, a start in in Virginia, in, in the United States, and uh, uh, the northern and southern troops start to line up. But there's some other people that came out too, and it were it was just townspeople from Virginia who were like, guys, let's go have a picnic and watch these guys fight. They saw all this stuff happening, and literally there were people having a picnic when there's a war raging on down below. Yeah. How many of us as Christians are just having a picnic right now. Mm. Well, there's a battle raging mm. on down on down below, yeah. and this is not time for a picnic. Mm. This is we've got to put away our picnic baskets and finally come out and say, guys, I'm going to fight. We're going to fight this battle. We're going to fight for what's right and fight for for the hope that only comes through Jesus. And uh, Satan loves that Generation Z and Christians often are are far from, uh, far from truly this mission. And uh, when, when the church is, uh, is taken off the field, then, then that's all that it takes <laughs> to be like, all right, game over. And in many cases, uh, our Western countries especially, and in many countries around the world, uh, we literally at one point, Europe reached the whole world for Jesus almost or helped share the gospel with a lot of the world. But now look at what's happened to Europe. Europe has become the dark continent spiritually. And the U.S. and North America, not far behind. And Australia, not far behind. And, and this is so concerning that, that young people uh, or the, the countries of the world today, especially Western nations, used to be all about Jesus. But yeah. in, in all this, we've literally forfeited our own soul and, uh, and said, okay, we're, we're, we've forgotten the importance of this battle and have become so comfortable so complacent and not realize that, hey, there's a battle raging on. This is not a time for a picnic. Yeah. But so many of us seem to be having a picnic right now. Yeah. There's so much that we can learn from, you know, as, as Western church, there's so much that we can learn from the persecuted church, the church mm. that's in Iran, mm. the church that's in China, you know, the, these countries where they are not free. They're not mm. as free as we are to, to walk down the road and share the gospel with someone. 
and yet the church is exploding because they've made that decision that we're not going to have a picnic in the midst of this battle. We're, mm. we're going to get involved. And mm. so I really want to encourage everyone who's listening to, um, to check out How to Life. Mm. And they may not, you, you guys might not be uh, of the age to, uh, to start a How to Life, but you can start something yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that God's placed on your life to do. And so I encourage you, please get off the picnic rug and into the battle. Uh, we have to be all in. So Jordan, thank you so much thank for, you. for stopping thank by, you. coming all the way to Australia. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it's been great hearing from you. And I really believe that what you've said today is gonna to bless many people mm, through this. Mm. So thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Dave. It's an honor to be here today. Hey, thanks again for watching today's episode of Dangerously Normal. I hope you have come away from this conversation feeling inspired and encouraged, but more so, I hope that you're challenged. What has God been speaking to you about? What has God been placing on your heart for maybe weeks, for maybe months, for maybe years that you haven't yet stepped into? So I encourage you, you don't need to have all the answers. You just need to have obedience to step into it. So why don't you now go and plan that thing that God's been placing on your heart. Step into it today. Uh, Get started today. Uh, And let's go out there and share the hope of the world with our neighbours, with our friends, with our community. And I'll see you on the next episode.